0: Welcome all you Plus Two Comedy Modifiers to another episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TV's Noah Houlihan, and before we get to our fantastic, very special episode of the Plus Two Comedy Podcast, I have to tell you that I am in Disney World, and that's why this sounds weird, because I don't have any of my equipment. So, before we get into our very special episode, I have to say that this episode is brought to you by... K&N air filters. That's right. The official air filter of NASCAR. It is the last air filter you will have to buy and is protected by the K&N limited million mile warranty. So I want you to go to knfilters.com/podcast and get a great deal on air filters and a free hat. Also, this episode of the Plus Two Comedy podcast was recorded on the way to Magfest, which was only a week ago, which I can't believe that it was only a week ago. Uh, also, I have not listened to this episode. Will was in charge of editing this episode. So, there's that. We'll see. I'm sorry if there's issues. Without any further ado, take it away. I don't have any of my editing equipment, so the episode's just going to start now. Welcome to the Plus Two Comedy Car Cast. Uh, no, it's not. We, we call it On the Road.
1: Oh, I like Car
2: guests. Well, Ooh, I need a green lantern. Already distracted.
1: I don't know where my green lantern ring is. That's probably it. Nah. I mean, I'll take this. Well,
2: since I'm wait, no, put that back on. And since I'm filming it, I can add special effects later. Uh-oh. So uh, through the power of editing. Yeah, do, yeah. do, a, do a thing. Do a... Do, oh, not no. That I won't. All right. What? <laughs> I meant, like, here, so I'd have, like, space to do editing things.
1: well, now you just need to do just directly right there. All right, I guess that works. Can you make a hologram? I don't know. (laughs) Are you just going to star wipe this? Is that what you mean? See,
2: the weird thing about me as an editor uh, is I have absolute
1: confidence that I can do anything (laughs) with no idea of how I'll do it. Yeah, I remember. I've opened After Effects once and said no. It's very confusing. I spent an hour trying to do a glass break transition mm-hmm.
2: for when we had Stone Cold Deadpool in Cosplay yeah. Pro Wrestling. I was like, this is going to look awesome. And then I was like, man, this is so not important. <laughs>
1: and I spent way too much time on something that doesn't look that crazy. Yeah, that should just be a basic like thing like I feel like Windows Movie Makers should be able to do that well really the way I could see it being done is you get a big green piece of
2: glass and you shatter it against a blue background
1: and then you just do a green screen and a blue screen at the same time no that, done what I'm saying is that should just be like you click it like like the Star White but we've come more advanced since oh Star yeah Wars. and then it just shatters yeah, yeah. Because they can already do the cube that rotates to a different scene. Yeah.
2: yeah. So I clearly
1: don't. glass shattering. It's, I, that must be on there. It's. it's I'm, I'm sure it's an expensive. Are you just cutting all this film yourself, and that's the problem here? Yeah, I use real film, so I. So cut. you take it from digital, you put it onto the millimeter.
2: Yeah, and, and then, you then cut I cut it that up. way. Mm. Actually, and it's shot in black and white, so I have to color every frame. Do you rotoscope it? Rotoscope it? I don't know how rotoscoping
1: is. Uh, rotoscoping... I believe heavy metal is rotoscoped. I know Wizards is. It was this 80s thing where they would take real people and film them and then make them cartoons.
2: Oh! that That's actually how they made
1: Rango. Yeah, but they, that wasn't... They literally would draw on top on of... On top of them? The film. Hmm. Whereas I don't think Rango did that. Right? Yeah, Rango used... I did watch
2: The Big Rango. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Rango, very underrated film. Yeah, I thought it was alright. It wasn't great, but it was pretty good. I'd watch it. I saw that on a whim in theaters back in the day when I could just go to the movie uh, theaters and see whatever. Ah, uh, I miss those days. Yeah, remember the days when you were like, oh, this movie's going to be terrible. We should just go see it in theaters. Yeah, well, that's the... Never, never will
1: I do that again. Yeah, yeah, that's... I have... Right now in my life, I probably have the free time to just go see movies. I've never been a movies alone person.
2: I've done it once, and it was good because yeah. <laughs> I went and saw uh, uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane alone, and like, yeah, like legitimately never talked about Ten Cloverfield Lane. <laughs> oh, just like oh, you know, we brought it up on the podcast a few times, but never like in detail. Because I think, like, the guest has never seen it, so <laughs> we didn't want to spoil shut it. shut up for an hour.
1: But what did you think of 10 Cloverfield? Uh, I really liked it. Yeah. yeah? As a movie. Uh-oh. I did... The the Cloverfield connection felt so weird and unnecessary, and... I, I liked... Because I, I looked into it and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I tried to figure out where it stood.
2: Uh, and I liked... The the ex the best explanation I got was Cloverfield is like the Twilight Zone. Mm. It's just you know it's a Cloverfield esque story.
1: Oh, and, I don't hate
2: that. And uh, so like the next film might
1: be like Mister Cloverfield. What's well, going to be uh, the God uh, element or whatever? Yeah, God the particle. Space one. God particle. It should, it should be the Cloverfield part.
2: Which I honestly I don't think that that's true. I think that's all speculation.
1: Uh, okay, I don't, it's been a while since I was on R slash Cloverfield Universe or whatever. Yes, yeah.
2: I think basically what happened was people found out that Ten Cloverfield Lane was called the Cellar originally mm-hmm. while they were filming it, and then they're like, "Oh, JJ is doing another movie." I bet that <laughs>
1: it's right now called the God Particle. <laughs> it's just called Star Trek. <laughs> Well, he's not doing this anymore. Well, did you see Star Trek Beyond Cloverfield? I did. It was pretty good. They went Beyond Cloverfield. <laughs> yeah, just left it
2: behind. But, but what were you going to say about the Cloverfield line?
1: Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, because the last I left off was like, it was an alternate universe. Of, I, and I don't know if this, I don't know where the J.J. J. Abrams stops and the internet people begin. Mm-hmm. But it was that. It was like a different version where the Cloverfield monster, or that satellite that hit was not the Cloverfield monster. Rather, it was a satellite. It was like a probe okay. by these aliens.
2: I could take that. But um, he was fine. I was
1: just like, but does that have anything to do with Cloverfield? Yeah.
2: I mean, he said in interviews that, uh, you know, they're on separate timelines. Yeah. But J.J. Abrams is also a lying liar who lies. Yeah, it just makes stuff up all the time. Because I remember, like, watching Lost, <laughs> and they used to do... Lost was so big that they would do a special before the season finales and season premieres where it was just J.J. Abrams and two other jokers talking about it.
1: Uh, His name is Chris Hardwick.
2: <laughs> no, wasn't. <it>? Talking Lost. <laughs> um, and I, I distinctly remember there's a scene where J.J. Uh, Abrams goes... Yeah, so they're trying to get off the island uh, in this episode because they see a helicopter, but of course they won't. And the guy who's sitting next to you goes, they won't? He goes, of course not. There won't be a show if they get off the island. And they got off the island in the next episode. I was like, man,
1: <laughs> shut up, JJ. Well, I got mad. I, I don't know if I talked about this in the podcast. I know I've talked about this to you all the time. But when I watched uh, Cloverfield with the director's commentary... Oh, it's crushing. Yeah, where they there's the part where the chick, she gets bitten and then she gets exploded or she gets shot, you don't know, like blood just splatters and you're like, oh my god, what happened? And then with commentary, he's like, yeah, she was supposed to just get shot. And then, But the way the blood splatter effects, it didn't look like a shot, it looked like she just exploded. And I was like, oh, that's cool, maybe it's that. And I was like, you didn't plan any of it! You're just making it all up! <laughs> I got so bad! <laughs> because I just want it. I don't care that I don't know it's a mystery yeah but like but I, that I want someone. to be an answer I need yeah. there to be a god that knows everything's being planned because
2: uh, one of the most interesting things that uh I heard was do you know doubt the film doubt or the play doubt yes I didn't see it but... uh so no, the, no. the premise is that this priest might be a child monster yes I yeah. believe I've, I have again
1: never seen it uh
2: and when they were making the movie, the author of the play, or the playwright, if I want to use correct terms, told Philip Seymour Hoffman whether or not it was true. Huh. And he's the only person wow. that was ever told. <laughs> like, the actual truth. Huh. It's like, man, that's really interesting. So, like, we
1: are not supposed to know. We are supposed to have doubt. But. Yeah, I mean, what? Well, I mean, and, like, I like that. Like, I... I am a big fan of uh, Inception arguments still Even though that, that's faded from uh, Yeah I, I still feel Like I solved Inception oh, So do I But I know I know that It doesn't matter That yeah. Nolan doesn't care Like he's like If I wanted If there was an answer You would have seen it But there isn't So I don't care figure it out What you want ha, Has he said that? In so many words He's basically Because people are like Well what happens He's like you, you don't know That's the If I wanted you to know I'd have put it in my movie Uh which is, like, he, it doesn't matter because Leonardo DiCaprio doesn't care. The main character is vindicated. He has what he wants. He doesn't matter. If, that's why he walks away. Gotcha. If he's still in a dream. He doesn't care if he has what he wants. Okay. Okay. But I... Like, and then it's fun to be like, oh, he's still dreaming, which is what I think. But it doesn't... Like, they're just fun internet arguments. It doesn't matter. The story is complete.
2: Have, have I never given you my theory? I don't think you
1: have. All right, here we you, go. you think he's awake? Uh... Well, what, what's, what's the big question of inception. Well the the big question is whether he's dreaming at the end or whether that's real life. Yeah the, the big question is what kind of name is Maul. Maul. Maul.
2: Maul but but we'll talk about your question instead. Uh, whether or not he's dreaming or not. Now I've been on the internet. If you're watching this you've been on the internet so I'm gonna go lightning fast to- through the, the yeah, first we're just part going of the through theory. film theories today. That uh, I know you know this stuff <laughs> if if you care about inception. But... Or you stop watching. Uh, or listening. They had the whole theory with the, uh, uh, the the totems. Yes. Where he doesn't let Juno touch his, uh, his totem because he's the only one that's supposed to know what it feels like. Yes. How it weighs and stuff like that. Uh so we see Cobb spinning the top, and then the top spins at the end, and it's like, oh, we don't know if it falls and stuff like that. But he mentions that that's
1: Maul's totem, yes. not his own. And her, uh, I'm not prepared for this because I, I have not watched Inception for a while. But because her totem, that wasn't really her totem. Oh, she might have different information than than I know. No, nah, you know, I'm not ready for this because because her totem spun and spun in the dream. World. You know, it's both. In the real world, it would stop, and then the dream world, it kept going. Okay, yeah, all right, exactly, we're good. Exactly. Keep going. Uh,
2: so the theory then came out that Cobb's totem is actually his wedding ring. Heard that, yep. Because when he's in the dream world, he's wearing it, and then he's not wearing it when he's in reality. hmm And everyone kind of was like, all right, that's, oh, okay, I get it now. That's awesome. All right, cool. That doesn't answer any questions. No. Because if that's this totem, it doesn't explain if he's awake or if he's not awake or uh, why uh, he would even spin the top
1: at all. No, I know. I, I think... I feel like it, it does add a little... It's more realistic to me that he just has Mal's totem in the dream world than he would have. Like, he could probably get it in the real world if he was in the real world. Yeah. But him having it in the dream world... Well, to to fully understand this You have to remember
2: how this film got made Christopher Nolan Didn't want to make another Batman film And they were like If you make another Batman film You can make whatever film you want He's like, I got this crazy idea About going into dreams And they were like, just take the money Go film your crap And you come back with a Batman film Uh, And Christopher Nolan was like I get to do whatever I want. I'm going to go do my dream picture. And it took him a real long time to figure out how he was going to do it because he couldn't figure out the genre. He's like, is this an action film? Is this going to be a romantic film? And it took him a really long time uh, to decide that it was a heist film. Because mm-hmm. when push comes to shove, inception's a heist film. <laughs> Which is why I love it. I love yeah. heist movies. Despite, you know all the crazy battles and the turning off of gravity and his, his loving relationship with Mole. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, I'm getting interrupted by the GPS. Uh, but I, th- the important thing about this is he spins Mole's time. And remember, the name is not Matt. I know. It's Mole. My brain tries to normalize it. Yeah. And because... And, What that shit trigger in your mind is? What kind of name is Mo? Like that's got to be short for something, and it's not Mallory because that would be Mal. Mulbeck. And um, a type of wine, right? Mulbeck, maybe, maybe some Mulbeck. And the thing is, if it was Mal, that would make like symbolic sense, because Mal is Spanish for bad. Mm -hmm. So it was like that would make sense, but it's not. It's mull. So what could Mo be short for? I propose. That Mul is short for Maltese. Okay. As in The Maltese Falcon. hmm The most famous heist film
1: of all time. Okay. I don't arguing that it's a heist movie. Is that what this is? Well, have you ever seen The Maltese Falcon? Mm-hmm. Do you remember how in The Maltese Falcon while,
2: ends? Keep left. Uh, like uh, south. No, it's been a while. The way The Maltese Falcon ends is... Uh, they, they,
1: they get the Maltese Falcon. They go on this big heist and they get it. And, and then at one they, point, they cut it with a knife, right? see if it was lead, and it's the only scene I remember yeah, from that movie. They cut it with
2: a knife, and it's like, it's useless, or it's, it's worthless. Uh, I gotta go through a, a toll, so, and the GPS is about to speak, so. I'm, I'm building up, building up the tension oh, there.
0: New Jersey Turnpike South, towards
2: Baltimore, for 6.7 miles.
1: Did you just think you could do effects because it's green?
2: <laughs> no, I'm just just—I'm going to just stick a stupid picture here.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, I just realized you were like, it's green. I can put crap over it.
2: Uh, all right, so, the end of Maltese Falcon. They're scratching with an F. It's worthless. It's not, it's not valuable. The very last phrase of that film is, a little boy walks up to... Humphrey Bogart Uh, Humphrey Bogart and says hey what's that? and Humphrey Bogart responds it's the thing dreams are made of i I propose to you this is a little bit of a stretch I think we go on that her name is a reference to the Maltese Falcon which is the thing dreams are made of and the whole thing isn't Cobb's dream it's Maltese that's why he keeps spinning the top. Because it's her realizing she's still dreaming. That's why she's all powerful in all the dreams. It can hit people with trains. And what she wants more than anything is to know that Cobb is with her kids. Because she can't get there.
1: Why can't she get there?
2: We don't know. Because the story's not told, you know. Where we actually get to see what she's doing.
1: But that's, that's true. Because that, I don't know if I fully buy this, because I, I do think it's a dream, and I do think, I just thought it was Cobb's dream. Right. I think the Maltese Falcon thing might be a dream I don't know. Maybe Nolan did it that way. If it wasn't for the fact that I know that Christopher
2: Nolan struggled to find the genre and then, like, stumbled upon the idea of making it a heist film. And for her name to be Mull. <laughs> all right I I would not be surprised if that that's where her name comes from I don't know if the rest of it's correct like a hundred percent
1: but well you tap because the dream thing is what I used to support my top dream theory because he he has an absurd amount of effect upon everyone oh. else I don't know. camera just made a noise like shut off
2: becomes audio only podcast. Yeah I
1: guess it just stopped. I'll just turn it back on and we'll see what happens. I'm Did stuck You right. hit record, right? Yeah I hit record the first time and okay. I hit record this time. I'm just saying like don't just turn it on also record. No it was it was on it was on when I just looked at it but it was not recording. Okay. So I think it might and now it feels like feel like it's more? Yeah, zoomed. So yeah, take that zoom all the way out. Yeah. Uh, at least this part's
2: yeah, yeah, perfect. I'll put effects over it.
1: If we're going to do like a found footage movie, yeah, There's like a shot of the going over the bridge. So. Over the bridge. We, have, we have now. We're almost there. Yeah. This is going to stop, be the best stop. weekend stop. ever. Oh, uh, I don't like it.
2: You used to love the idea of ending up in a horror movie. I.
1: It depends on the horror movie. Oh, you you want to deal with poltergeist. Yeah, supernatural shit does not frighten me in the least. Ghosts and. Uh, demons, that kind of stuff, it does not bother me. But found footage is always like, I don't know, sci-fi horror bothers me. Like body horror, I don't like. Mm-hmm. That like a Cronenberg type stuff, not a fan of. Like, I like it, but that legitimately scares me. Gotcha, gotcha. People in medical suits, don't like that. Yeah, like none of that. Ghost, I don't give a shit about it. What's a ghost gonna do? Yeah.
2: It's something about people in medical suits like, oh god, this person's got a purpose, and they're good at it. <laughs> and they face
1: like, they're in their faces usually covered, so yeah. they're just a, an anonymous expert. Yeah. Don't like any of that. And that's and that's where found footage is gone mostly. Mm. Uh, inception. Inception. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a dream. We gonna agree on that? Yeah, we definitely agree. It's true. Hopefully, I didn't go too fast. although uh, well, I did. I was reading something, some movie thing, and they were comparing things—not Inception, Maltese Falcon, and Pulp Fiction, another movie—and they were saying that it was all the same abstract value thing that was in all okay. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this cool the suitcase. Like, yeah, they're all in the same universe because it's this thing that. I was like, this is this is wildly untrue, but very cool. <laughs> <laughs> and that is like, it's the same valuable thing and all these movies are linked. I'm like, no, they're not. But I like your idea. You live in a fun world.
0: After one half mile,
2: I,
1: I had left this idea for a podcast.
0: I originally wasn't gonna tell you this idea.
2: Stay in the left lane. <laughs> after after is this lane ending? No, I'm okay. <laughs> it's just, it's just, <laughs> don't wanna be next to this truck.
1: These barrels just like to move in a little bit. Uh
2: uh, I, I didn't want to tell you this idea because, god damn it! <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't. Uh, I wanted you to be a guest originally on this, this podcast, mm-hmm. uh, but I had this idea where we would investigate a uh, a fan theory of a film. Okay. And basically, what I would do is, I, I would take, I would tell the guest, okay, we're going to see this movie. We're going to watch it, watch it like a few times, and the, the theory you're looking for is this. Um, th- there was, uh, I was talking to someone about it, I think maybe Leon from uh, Anime Punch. Oh, okay. um, And we were, con- I was considering actually recording it, and it was, the theory was, uh, the Matrix predicted
1: 9-11. Uh, yeah, I've heard this.
2: Uh, and then you know the rules were uh, I'd get a read on how much they believed it from just from me telling them just to see and then it's like okay now watch the film and look for stuff but you're not allowed to use any outside sources like don't look for other people's version of this uh, uh, this theory or this conspiracy or whatever See if like you can spot the things on your own. Then we do a podcast and we talk about it. And then at the end of the podcast, I reveal that uh, the movie and the conspiracy theory were picked at random out of a hat. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it freaked me out because I did we were going to do the Matrix in 9/11 and there's legit
1: some shit in yeah, I have heard of this. <laughs> I
2: was like, oh, Fuck!
1: I think that's more an exercise in, like, oh, there's a word for it. Like, when you, it's not prophet worship, but, like, it's that whole Nostradamus thing where if you just write vague enough stuff, you can make anything out of it.
2: Yeah. And the idea was to test that theory.
1: Or what's his, uh, Edwards. Anthony Edwards? No, No. Anthony Edwards. John Edwards. Is it John Edwards?
2: Yeah, John Edwards, the guy who used to talk to the dead.
1: Yeah, that that con. Mm
2: Mm-hmm. I'm getting a hmm or
1: an mm. <laughs> uh, oh, mm. uh, I read because uh, I'm big into shared universe theories. Like, it's yeah. all obviously made up by whoever, but it's fun. Yeah, absolutely, and it's fiction, so who cares? I can believe whatever yeah, I want. Yeah, uh, I just read one that was it's a it's about Fight Club, and it's that the narrator and or Tyler Durden. Was a character in a a kid's movie... It's called... I never saw it. I think it was like a 90s movie called... My Spy or My Hero. Okay. Basically what it was is this... There's this kid and he plays... I think he plays a video game and it's kind of violent. And he really likes it. And his dad legit works for the government. And -hmm. like the kid gets kidnapped and he starts... Materializing this hallucination of the main character who's this, like, British Green Beret-type dude. Okay. And he helps him, like, escape by telling him what to do. And then he gets progressively more violent. And by the end, I I think he tells someone to kill some, tells the kid to kill someone, and he doesn't do it. And then the guy disappears, and then he realizes that his dad should have been his father figure the whole time, and, like, this and that. And they're like, this is the narrator, his first, like, manifestation of who he wanted to be. but he he didn't like it because he was trying to deal with like his daddy issues which is kind of touched upon and fight Yeah, And like clearly this is all made up I was like I love this theory Mm -hmm. so much. And they like revert because the guy's name is Jack the like his hero. Yeah. And all the stuff from the house is Jack's Jack's broken heart. Yeah. Yeah. And there's also the theory that Jack is Ed Norton's character. Yeah. I, I like as far as I've seen, the people kid's credit Jack. I've Ed Norton intimate. as Jack. Yeah. So I was like, "This is I love this so much." But yeah, shared universe is my favorite.
2: Have you seen John dies in the end?
1: Yes. Yes.
2: I just watched that one, and the wheels fall off of it at the end, in my opinion.
1: Yeah.
2: The movie goes from "Oh my God, what is happening." To, wait, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. Really? This is what's going on?
1: Yeah, like he lived. Yeah. He didn't like. <laughs> they lied to me.
2: Well, uh, the, the first time I ever heard anything about this movie was it said, John dies in the end. Spoiler, John dies in the beginning. <laughs> I was like, oh, all it right. He doesn't die at all. <laughs> he dies, kind, kind of. of. Didn't like it. Too happy. But... I really enjoyed the questions that that movie raised. Because there's the the one part that I really enjoy where he... The one guy's like, I'm a psychic, I'll tell you what you dreamed last night. And he says, you dreamed that you were in uh, your house and it was full of dynamite. And it had one of those cartoon detonators. And the moment you hit the detonator, a lightning bolt cracked and woke you up. How did your dream know that there was going to be a, a clap of lightning or a clap of thunder at that moment? And I know I've had moments like that. Yeah. Where, like, uh, I turn on the radio in a dream and it's my
1: alarm. <laughs> you know? Or I used to have... Because this baffled me, and actually, I, I read some stuff about it. I used to fall asleep on my bus to grade school. And then I'd have this dream that I was falling... And then I'd hit the ground. As soon as I did, we'd hit a pothole. Right. But it's There's this disconnect between, like, what you think, when you think you're experiencing it and when it's actually happening. So, you like, you're on a delay kind of thing. Oh, okay. All right. And That's... it's happening. So, like, your brain's moving at the speed of thought. Okay. So you kind of perceive it slower, but actually you just hit the pothole and your brain's like, yeah. I'll explain it! <laughs>
2: Yeah, alright. I mean, that's less fun. Yeah, it's less crazy. <laughs> it's a less fun than answer your, than
1: your dreams being predictive of the future. Uh,
2: I mean, like, yeah, alright. I was going to argue, I was going to try to argue against it. But I was like, but in my dream, how did I know there, there was going to be a radio there? It's like, well, it's a dream.
1: <laughs> Do whatever they want. Well, that's something, it adds this radio. And to you, it's like, oh, fuck, but you're, you, there's no way to determine how long, it's like Inception, how long a dream, like, the metrics of your yeah. dream are versus, because time's not a, it's a relative thing, like gravity. Here's a, uh, a and I'm fun. And then we're going to get into star talk shit in my brains, because, yeah. As long as we don't talk about fucking Interstellar that's the name of it somebody at work was trying they're like it's the Matthew McConaughey movie in space it's like what was the name of that fucking movie I hated that movie I liked so many parts of that movie you like TAR TARS I liked both the robots TAR and uh, the other one uh, which I learned they're both named after scientists who advised on interstellar oh it's a fun Star Talk fact I learned from Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> I, and that is something we, we talked about before we started recording About turning 30 and things changing Yeah I've become so tolerant of movies That I will just take the good parts and be like Well I like these and I'll just hold them And be like it wasn't so bad well, Hopefully when I turn 30 <laughs> In five years In five years <laughs> I'll have the same feeling <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I <laughs> like most of Interstellar, except for the end, which really was turned out to be the whole point of the movie. So it's a yeah. like, waste of time. I hate <laughs> any time loopy. Which also happens in mile. Arrival, Keep which left. was kind of bullshit. See, I, so l- I love time travel. No, but when you. I like time travel, I just think it's very hard to do because now you're writing in a concept that doesn't exist with they can go south very quickly when you create loops and Arrival has a big one where the things keep left things happen because there's time travel but they why how could they have happened if there wasn't a, like yeah all yeah. of a sudden it's always been this way but it's like well then who cares about that I think one it's of my it's hard to explain without spoiling it, one, of, one of my least
2: favorite things is uh surprise time travel like like if I go in it's like there's going to be time travel in this movie it's like there's going to be time travel in this movie you're like okay cool cool but if you go see a movie you're like I wonder what this is about and then all of a sudden it's like time travel it feels like a cheat it feels like the whole time there was this
1: factor it's like but uh, then make a time travel movie Mm, hmm alright a, I didn't know there would be. There isn't. Uh, so to explain those, like, but arrival. To, it's not time travel per se. It's this per, perception of reality. Okay. But I mean, if, as far as humans are concerned, it's time travel. And it did spring it on you, but I didn't feel like tricked by it. I was like, it was cool. It's just the way they did it was very poor in the last minute and felt kind of like maybe not exactly what the writers wanted to do, but they were they had to end a movie. Yeah But yeah, I So if it I don't know Time travel is just something That like It can be great But it can get real crappy Real quick If you are not prepared To really structure Your universe Or leave it so unexplained That it's Like Primer I don't think I've seen
2: Primer You've never seen Primer? No Dude You gotta see Primer That shit Is the bomb
1: So we're saying shit now. Uh Yeah I'm driving <laughs> Okay <laughs> So, fuck me. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, it's too far. (laughs) Well, it could still be PG-13, the one. Now it's gone, Oh, God. I'm pretty sure I said it earlier. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? Oh, oh, Primer. Yeah, man. Primer's (laughs) a cool film. Uh... It sounded so weird, Forrest. Are you being paid
2: Man, let me tell you. If I only had $20, I would buy a DVD of Primer. Primer's a super rad movie. <laughs> it's got special features and audio
1: commentary. <laughs> and a DVD menu. Animated DVD <laughs> menu.
2: That was my favorite when that was like the only special feature
1: on a DVD. It's like animated menus. Subtitles. I... I'm sure people complain about this all the time but I, li- I own X-Men 1 like the 90's DVD when it first came out yeah and literally every time I've ever put it in there is a minute and a half of walking down that hallway to get to Cerebro yeah. and I sit there with the remote in my hand going Ah! Mm-hmm. and I want to punch whoever was like no one would ever skip this <laughs> mind blowing every time
2: Oh, beautiful. <laughs> what is Primer? <laughs> primer. Like, uh, I've said this before, but it's an a- inaccurate. Is It's kind of a time travel movie where you move at the same, like you never travel through time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not really what it is. <laughs> Basically, uh, these two guys figure out the the key to time travel. Oh,
1: I think I've seen a commercial for this.
2: But, like, it it involves this box. Yep. And you can only go back in time to when the box was originally turned on. So, they, like, they turn the box on and then they go, like, hide. It's Napoleon Dynamite if the box worked.
1: Almost. Shock your testicles. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But...
2: Work. Yeah, so they, they would like turn the box on and then they would hide so that they didn't like interrupt anything yeah and then they would go in the box and I think like they had to wait in the box for like half of the amount of time that they're going back so if they went back in time eight hours they had to sit in the box for like four hours for them to like travel mm-hmm. yeah it was it was pretty interesting
1: wanted to go forward, it was the full amount of time. Oh there was no full yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> but it was a there's a lot of like I think there's like a main character you never see.
1: But they talk about him a lot. I like that. A little secret girlfriend.
2: Yeah, it, it's kinda like, you know, what's Greg doing? It's like well, who else Greg? <laughs> to check
1: it. It look, it looked like a Full length of VHS short.
2: Yeah, I mean it's not found footage or anything.
1: I, of I think it turned off. I think you can only record for so. All right,
2: goodbye. <laughs> I like that it was like goodbye. I, I'm out of here. Uh, i could probably edit something together. But we're still recording audio, right? Yeah. All right. Cool. Thirty six minutes. Thirty six minutes. It's almost a podcast.
1: Um, She's not going to do the full three hours? Um,
2: I mean, we only, oh,
1: yeah, I guess was a three hour tour. Just cut it up. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll just have to talk to each other regular. <laughs> it's not interesting. Well,
2: I, I have, uh, that problem now where I have trouble enjoying things I don't feel are productive. <laughs> so, like, if we talk and we have, like, a really funny bit, it's like, fuck, no one's going to see this. I'm doing this just for
1: us and our friendship. Ugh. <laughs> Gross. We've done this before. Because we'll, we'll record and on the road. And then we'll be like, all right, it's an hour. We're done. And then we will sit here for 15 minutes and silence. Like, <laughs> the show's over, man. <laughs> this is normally where I leave and go home. <laughs> <It's> stuck here. <laughs> But
2: well, sometimes I get thirsty from talking so much, so we're gonna have quiet time now.
1: <laughs> oh juices reciprocate. Well, neither the, of those are the words I <laughs> <the> Juices reciprocate. What <laughs> the hell are you
2: talking about? <laughs> this is why we sit in silence. <laughs> I don't want your reciprocating juices.
1: <laughs> you having a stroke? A little bit. Do you it's smell human. toast? Uh, you know I always smell toast? Oh. Uh, and almonds. You... Well, d- well, that's... I think I've been poisoned. <laughs> that's bad. You might
2: have had a stroke, like, technically years ago to you. And this is
1: just... Oh, I look at Jacob's Ladder style. Oh, you
2: might be in a Jacob's Ladder situation.
1: Oh,
0: that's <laughs> terrible. Southbound, highway south.
1: Jacob's Ladder, I, I usually reference... Uh, Oh, man. I think we've done this on the podcast before. What's that short story? I, it's like an occurrence at Owl Creek or something. Oh, reciprocating juices. Yeah, that's the one. I meant recuperate, also not a word.
2: To use. <laughs> Less but still
1: wrong. Or at least it would have made more sense. <laughs> an occurrence at Owl Creek. That. Uh, don't, t- don't take the name. Yeah, I know the words
2: that you say don't mean anything. We've <laughs>
1: established this. <laughs> yeah. Nah, it's where that dude's gonna get hung, hanged, and then he he escapes and it's his whole big, like, him getting away, and then at the end that was just, like, the last... Oh, yes, yes, yeah. Second before he gets hung, hanged. Yes. Uh,
2: people are hung... You hang a pig? Pink- no.
1: No, correct. people are hanged.
2: People are hanged and, and pictures are hung Yes right. I think I think it's the other way around I I'm gonna say it's right. the other way around Just because you said
1: <laughs> Reciprocating juices Do we name our podcast? We should name left. our podcast uh, Usually the, the name
2: Shut up, yes. Ralph uh, Usually the name's the guest But I mean We can definitely really call this one Reciprocating juices Jesus. <laughs> Gross Row plus two comedy reciprocating juices. Oh,
1: Alright, I hate it. But yeah, I should say uh Jacob's ladder. It's the same. Same issue. Yeah, it's exact yeah, same thing. Yeah. I forgot that they trick you into thinking he's in an insane asylum instead of in the real world. And then they trick you again. Southbound. yeah double
2: trip way south for 50 miles.
1: Alright. Oh my stroke. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm not right. I'm having a stroke currently. I have legitimate fears about that sometimes. I do, too, and... Not I, that I'm having a stroke. It's usually about having a stroke. Mine is about that
2: I'm living in a dream world. Yep, okay, we're good. And, and it's like, God, I really... If this is a dream world, I really, you know, wish I wouldn't dream about waiting in the doctor's
1: office for an hour. <laughs> That's a waste of brain power. My... Mine's more hopeful. It's when, like, something super crappy happens on accident. Like, uh... don't know, if you drop something really important, you're like, man, I wish this wasn't in the real world. Oh, man, I wish that half second didn't happen.
2: Uh, well, I remember when I was a kid, someone asked me, like, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And uh, this is kind of high concept for a child. <laughs> but I said... I'd like to live every day twice. This way I could correct the mistakes that I made the first day. Mm. And when the second day starts, I don't want to know I did that.
1: But how would you correct the mistakes if you didn't know
2: you were reliving it? Just like I didn't didn't want when I... Well, it's, it's like, okay, I wake up on Monday... Okay. I I make, you know, three or four mistakes.
1: <laughs> Brag.
2: Uh, I'm keeping it simple <laughs> for the sake of explaining the concept. I make three or four mistakes. Uh, I go to sleep. I wake up, and it's Monday again with the knowledge of Monday. I correct those three or four mistakes. Mm-hmm. I go to sleep. I wake up the next day, and it's Tuesday. And I have no memory that I had the ability to fix those mistakes. And I just think that I had a good day.
1: It seems exhausting. I was ten. <laughs> like. Cause I I
2: wouldn't you be Cause well I think I think what happened was someone voiced the idea that well eventually your first day that you would live, you would just scrap it because it didn't matter. So you would just like screw around and like murder people. Yeah, but then I was like, no, I want no memory that I have this power. Every day you'd
1: wake up with this, or every second, every other day you'd have a horrible realization that you might be trapped in the same day. Uh, What? (laughs) You'd spend most of the day trying to figure out that concept, and then it would be gone. Like that—that's nightmarish. I don't know. I, I
2: think. It was just kind of like I'm playing with debug mode on, on occasion.
1: Yeah, but you don't know that.
2: But, like, when it's on, I'm
1: aware. And when it's off, I'm not. Yeah, but then... you like, I get that you... Uh, so you, on the second day... Now, so you're almost living two lives. Or two yous. Because there's a you that would
2: have... There's a you that, there's, that
1: has knowledge of
2: this. Yeah, there's a me whose job is to just make sure oblivious me... Stops, like, sticking their fingers in outlets. And oh, and I, ha- I hate that, too,
1: because now Second You is a nightmare existence. <laughs> these are all horrible options. I don't I know, though. Well, one You doesn't know. One You has to live through it. I know, and I'm great. Because <laughs> <laughs> then I'd start to resent, like, other me. And who says I have to fix these yeah. problems? Maybe i start making it worse for them. Why should I have to do it?
2: It's very prestige
1: prestige X dilemma I've never seen The Prestige you've never seen The Prestige no I saw the other one The Illusionist yeah Uh, it's alright it's got Paul Giamatti I like Paul Giamatti well to to get the reference it's uh, I know exactly I know everything about that
2: movie Prestige is great I, I thought I saw The Prestige with you nope because I know I saw it in college In theaters I think, I think And I don't have many memories
1: Of going to the movies without you It's true We saw a lot of movies too. Yeah Not many good ones I don't think
2: Um It, it depends on your I mean definition I liked I quality. liked
1: the Saw movies Because <laughs> we saw That's the saw what movie. you're thinking yeah. of Yeah <laughs> I know they're not great films but They were Man, fun Man do I love them That's another one where I They could have done such a better job with a, a whole Saw universe and they just
2: do. well, don't worry Saw 8 is
1: this oh, year oh good yeah but we don't need Saw them Legacy. now we have I was just thinking about there's another horror movie series that just keeps going now uh Paranormal Activity no although that is true well I've been done with them since five. Purge Purge Pur- Pur- Purge, yeah, Purge is going. definitely my new and, franchise yeah I'm just def- screw Saw I'm on to Purge now <laughs> I haven't seen the new one, but I love. I haven't seen the new one either. The first two. Yeah. Aside for the... And
2: the first one is not a good movie.
1: <laughs> no! <laughs> well, it's such a waste, but it, like... It, to me... Uh, I was going to say Force Awakens. I don't hate Force Awakens, but... I wish Force Awakens had been better. But I get what it is, and I get what they had to do. And so it it was the springboard for all these great movies that we'll probably have now. Yeah. Based off of Rogue One, which is amazing, so... So far, so good. But, yeah, Purge One was, like... I guess we got to establish a universe, and then we can have fun yeah. with it. And two, my problem is that I was never worried about murder and kill. He was like Brock Sampson in a, a live action movie. Like, <laughs> yeah There was no come threat. with me; you'll be fine. Yeah, he's like I'll just kill everything. All right, the last the last obstacle he has to overcome is killing everything. Oh well, well, the one thing he's good at. Well, the, the issue I have with the second
2: one is like. There's still shots of like average citizens purging. Like, there's the one girl who's just like on the bank, like screaming.
1: Yeah, and I, I think there's still plenty of people that purge. I just don't think it's on a big scale.
2: And, well, it's just gonna if
1: like we we're, we're, what we're talking. About, spoiler alert: the plot of the second purge is that not enough people are purging. Is that what you're? No, that's not where okay. I'm going with this. Well, that is the plot. Uh,
2: that is not what I took out of that. Well,
1: they have to go out and cull people because they thought.
2: No, I, I what I took out of it was the purge was solely a device the government came up with to kill the poor. Yeah, but it wasn't working. Well, I think it was just like the plan always was. Well, we'll send our guys and we'll kill. See, I them didn't think die. that. I
1: because
2: what the guy like, said. I don't think there was like. Three years of it not going
1: well. Because I, I think they would have just stopped having the purge. No, I think that, that that's absolutely what happened. Because he... I to go back and watch. But he says that. He's like, we thought you animals would just kill each other. Because it's a bunch of rich mm. people on top that are like, yeah, if we make it legal, they'll all just kill each other. Turns out a lot of humans are decent, so they're not doing it. So now for a while, now they've just been sending people out to just go kill people to cut the population down. I think originally, maybe it worked, or maybe they... They're trying to push that, like, that's why it works. But clearly they have, like, a dystopian world that they're blaming everything. Like, they can use The Purge as, like, a... Like, uh, hunk games.
2: Yeah. But, uh... The weird thing that I thought was happening is there's that woman who's screaming... And I was like, she's clearly not like a trained killer or anything, but she's fine. Meanwhile, like the protagonists are walking around and they're getting caught in like bear traps and shit. It's <laughs> like, how is she fine? Doesn't she get shot at? I think she gets shot at eventually, but still it's like it was
1: clearly also not her first purge. <laughs> so yeah. well you might she might just get lucky. My, in fact my only problem with purge two the only problem I can think of right now. <laughs> Aside yeah. from murder, kill guy, never really being in danger, is that the, the the young toughs that follow them around the whole time and end up capturing them at the end spend a lot of time freaking them out, mm-hmm. and then turns out they're just doing a job. Like, they're just doing that for money. Yeah. But, like, the, the old people that hired them don't know they were... Like, where they were like, make sure you scare them first. <laughs> like, well, what? Yeah, how like will you know? We'll know. We'll know if they're not scared. <laughs> Because well, it's supposed to be a twist. But what I,
2: for what it is, I think... <laughs> There's a great YouTube channel. I think it's only Leah it is what it's called. And she does a bunch of videos called The Five Steps Of. And she does The Five Steps Of Watching a Purge movie. <laughs> and it was like, step one, denial. Oh my God, I can't believe they're making another one of these. <laughs> step two, questions. It's like, Well, how did this get into... Law, like, <laughs> how, why does everyone have guns? Step three, what? more questions. America? Step three, more questions. Like, so if you plan to kill
1: someone before the purge, oh, I pre I love murder, breaking down what is <laughs> and isn't a crime during yeah. before and after the purge. Yeah, so if you steal someone's car, it's is it's just yours now? I think about that all the time because that's what I want to do. And then you just have your neighbor's car in your driveway now with the window smashed. Yeah. And you're like, uh, check out my new car. Yeah. Don't you steal it. Yeah, That's that control. would be a crime.
2: And then step four is more questions. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, do the hospitals not work? Like, are there just a bunch of dying people hooked to machines right now? And then step five is more questions. You're like, all right, wait,
1: maybe Ooh, that you did. should just enjoy a movie. <laughs> I bet, yeah, (laughs) I bet the fancy hospitals, the rich people hospitals, lock down, and I bet the poor people ones don't. I bet you can make a whole movie about a couple of, like, gold-hearted, like, nurses and doctors that stick around during the purge and take care of people. Most people bail out. There's a couple of really fucked up doctors that, like, do weird experiments during the purge. Oh, it's such a great universe! See, that's why I always said, the purge needs to be a series. Yep. Like a
2: 24-esque series <laughs> with different points of view and a bunch of
1: different characters. I would trade that for American Horror Story instantly.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm down. That show, Jump the Shark. I didn't really love the end of the first season. The end of the first season, I was like, this is okay, but I'm sure they'll clear some stuff up next season. Eh. And then they're like, no, that was the ending of that. It's like, oh.
1: And I love that concept. I <laughs> it just got so like sitcomy to me like the first couple I watched this I've only seen the first set, uh, season okay and I started I only started watching it cuz I had a broken leg I had nothing else to do hmm. and I liked the beginning cuz they started establishing like weird stuff and I was like this is cool and it became very uh I want to say Twin Peaks-ish, but i have yeah. to watch Twin Peaks. So I, I, I can see TV that comparison. Comparisons comparison. But then it became... Every, but then they stopped introducing weird stuff. Everything kind of became settled, and then it just became, like, the established universe of this house. And I was like, well, this is... Boring. Now it's just their weird life. I don't care. Like, when that... The lady that used to live... Or that lived next door, just... in her family became just kind of established, and we knew who was who. Yeah, And... Weird, made lately. Like, I was like, all right, I get it. now. I don't care about any of you. Like, well, mystery's been solved.
2: Yeah, the the end of season one, spoilers, uh, is basically the family that moved into the murder house all die in the murder house. Mm-hmm. But as is the curse of the murder house, if you die in there, you stay in there forever. But it's kind of cool because you know the family's still together. And that's kind of the message. Because it ends with them decorating a Christmas tree, I believe. And it's like, oh, okay. Oh. So they're still a family and stuff. Hey, wait a minute. They're still sharing the house with the gay couple yeah,
1: and, 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 and his <laughs> mistress. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. That's weird. And hey, to be fair, season two, if it just becomes a sitcom, I would just now watch it. Yeah, exactly. The ghost house? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And the psycho kid, they all just live there together now.
1: And I'd really I really want to skit where it's like it's the it's two dudes and the one's like, oh my god, I just found out. You you know that hot maid that really hot maid me have? Yeah, I know that hot maid. She's she's an old lady. Yeah. What? (laughs) Hey, she's an old lady. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you think she's hot? Yeah, she's super hot. Ew! What? Uh, eh. And that's it It's like 30 seconds
2: <laughs> Yeah the, the first season Like it did some Cool stuff And then the second season Asylum Had some Had two or three Like legit Like real scary moments Where you're like Oh Oh damn But then like There were also Zombies And aliens Involved Yeah I was like man This is kind of full Yeah <laughs> We got a lot so of stuff
1: were, going on here. Nazis too. Yeah, there were Nazis. Anne not- Frank wasn't Ant Frank there? <laughs> not personally, but she was like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you have Nazis, I'm okay with zombies and it, because Nazis were doing all of it. I mean, They're getting they yeah. were real busy with that shit. We get a gra- Holy Grail in there too. That's why they lost that war. They're just funding so much. Crazy sci-fi stuff. That you forgot to you know, fight Russia. Whoops. <laughs> so, these Nazis, so Nazis! Zombies would pay off. <laughs> so, they just keep eating our own guys. Oh,
2: Man. So we're gonna be at the place at 3:40. Show is at five. Yeah. I am yeah. starving.
1: That's going to suck. Do you want me to stop this and we'll, while you talk about your your plans? No, I mean, we can talk about this. Okay,
0: Fine. whatever.
2: Like, I, I kind of like that I feel like the in-the-car episodes of the podcast tend to be the most honest. Because, like... I think the coming back from God's those podcasts the guy, yeah, are the
1: most
2: honest. Those are real honest Uh because apparently we called the girls from Shimmy Ninja the girls from Mean Girls.
1: I remember we said some stuff. Because <laughs> at that, we didn't release that until we were friends with them. Yeah, yeah there's also a huge delay on On the Road <laughs> with do Comedy. And then... Uh, not... Now I forget everybody's name. Nope, I forgot everybody's names. All the friends. <laughs> Kiwi? Not KB Kiwi, or maybe it's KB. I don't know. One of them messaged me on Facebook. And they're like, "I'm listening to the podcast," and it was like the one before. And then they're like, hey, "It it's funny what you said about Kiwi." Oh, uh, <laughs> 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 no! Know I'd know you in the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we called the Mean Girls because we compared their uh, uh, Pokemon <sighs> outfits to the mouse from. Yeah, the Halloween Mouse from Mean Girls. Yeah, let's say it again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they listen to him anymore. I, don't, I think they thought we were cool then. Yeah, that's yeah, faded.
2: Well, I, I, we ran into Corey recently
1: of Shimmy Ninja.
2: Yes, she was at uh, and, South Jersey Geek Fest. And, and apparently Shimmy Ninja is on hiatus.
1: Well, they, they're, so they're not famous anymore. We are. Yeah. We're still doing stuff. Well, they, they exploded and became multi-regional. I believe is what happened. So now there's heart-shaped box, and there's another one, and then shimmy ninja is also still a thing. Oh, yeah, they've Yeah, they're like regional now. So if you need belly dancers uh, anywhere on the East Coast, we could probably hook you up. That was something I remember. We were kind of considering doing belly dancing. Belly dancing. Yes.
2: No, kind of like expanding like that. Yes. Because there was the one Fourth of July. Where we were going to be booked at Dexcon and Oregon at the same time. And we we're going to split up into pairs.
1: Hey, we're awkward these
2: Yay. But yeah, we were going to because we, had, we we're going to split up to do Dexcon and this show in Oregon. And it was oh, going yeah. to be it was going to be me and you in Oregon, and I think Vegas and maybe Alex Perlman
1: mm-hmm.
2: at Dexcon, which would have been insane. <laughs> Because like Dexcon is my favorite con to go to, but it's
1: my favorite con to go to because I do more con things at that con than any other con. Yeah, we we barely do any. I mean, we do hosting-ish yeah. things. Like we provide the service, but it's not like we're not selling any
2: tickets for Dexcon. No. Uh, uh, other cons, people are like oh, bless you, I'm is going to be there. Yay! This one we are we are like on the periphery. <laughs> uh, and so I know. Hey man, to, those four
1: people that were there anyway
2: really like us. Yeah, exactly. And like when it comes to Dexcon, I love performing for those four people who really enjoy
1: us. Yeah, I love those guys. Uh
2: but to
1: inconvenience inconven- another person who doesn't have that feeling towards <laughs> that con. Yeah, Dexcon's not the one I would send people. I don't like the idea, like, as much as I don't want to split the two of us the up? founding members, yeah, I don't like the idea if there being another Representative group that it's not being overseen by one of us. I don't know what Perlman and Vegas are yeah. getting up to. We have a lot of
2: unwritten rules, like <laughs> stuff they need to know. Like you know, hey, smile and hey.
1: everything's okay, no matter what. Hey, Perlman, don't be so mean. Yeah, not not to choose which one of those guys I'm more worried about. Well, he's the... Perlman's mean. Yeah, he is, but he's <laughs> only mean to us. When I did. Uh,
2: Sangawa project In Pittsburgh with him He was nice to everyone That's true To, to the point where I was like I'd like to walk away Please <laughs> Stop
1: encouraging this conversation I'd like to go to bed Cause I remember him being mean At uh, KatoriCon But I, that might have just been Him being mean to me Yeah And then him going on stage And then coming back And being mean to me again Well you know what I've, I specifically remember Because I was Where was I at KatoriCon? I was at a wedding
2: Yes. And uh, I got a, a picture text from proman that said, What have you gotten me into? Where am I? And it was a picture of Mike Goldstein <laughs> 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 as on the Heartbreak Pokemon. I was like, Oh, he's a big teddy
1: bear. They <laughs> both like wrestling. I think they'd get along. Yeah.
2: Can't wait for our wrestling shows. Oh, Zenkai. Uh, well Zenkai, Castle Point, and Are they wrestling at both? I, yeah, I think we're doing both. I don't think we're supposed to announce that yet. Oh. Yeah, uh, we'll I'll put it. weird
1: This bleeps won't in come here. out for a while. Yeah. No, this has to come out next week. Oh, okay, then yeah, put weird bleeps. And people wonder what they don't what they can't know about. As a matter of fact, you have to put this up next week. Because what? I will be at Disney. You have to show me how to put (laughs) stuff on pot bean, then. I don't think I know that. Beat this whole thing. Just one long... (sighs) Uh, um, But yeah, uh, I've
2: been talking to Mike about wrestling shows for a while, and I'm super excited. And I, I realized something. Do you know what imposter syndrome is? Nope. Imposter syndrome is where... You feel like whatever you're doing, uh, you really don't deserve to be there. And people are going to find out that you're not really as good as you claim to be. And you don't feel confident enough to do the job that you were hired to do. Okay. Uh, I feel that way with comedy all the time.
1: I feel that way with jokes a lot. Like, you feel like you're a good comedian, but you're not good at Well, I writing. feel that as soon as I hear someone said something remotely similar to something I've said, I'm like, oh, people are going to think I stole it. And, like, they're yeah. not the same joke at all. But I'm like, Camille Nanjiani talk about Gardens of the Galaxy, never mind. Yeah. And I get sad.
2: But I suffer from uh, imposter syndrome on stage a lot, where it's just like, what the- wow, they... People think I could just talk for a half hour and people listen. I don't know. And then people have done that many, many times uh-huh. and have come up and said that they enjoyed it. And I don't think they would lie to me about that. <laughs> yeah. So, especially because people love... Being honest to being us. honest about that Our flaws. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I know that I'm not an imposter when it comes to, to stand-up, but I still get that feeling in, in my stomach that I'm like I'm only just kind of playing a role mm-hmm. when it comes to wrestling I know I'm an imposter yeah
1: oh yeah and thus become more confident <laughs> because it's like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing it's fine <laughs> you know what I do feel that way because anytime I'm like I, like if there's like a new person and I'm around at like one of the shows or something they're like well like, how long have you been doing this I'm like I'm a comedian <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs>
2: Uh, because I was talking to Mike about a match that he wants to put together, and uh, he was like, do you really think you could carry someone to like a decent match, like a decent, believable match? And I said, Mike, I can carry anyone to a decent match. <laughs> I was like, where did that confidence come from? Cause like it wasn't till later when I thought about it I was like man that was a real douchebag thing to say considering I've never had a match (laughs) I've been in tag matches sure but I've never had a one on one match but I fully believe yeah anybody
1: throw me in there with anybody I'll look great I think there's something because I I do I don't know where this is from. I learned it from Lupin the Third, the anime. Okay. But it's a proverb that I like that's called uh, uh, a con man's a better actor than an actor is a con man. Yeah. And I I also fully believe that a comedian's a better wrestler than a wrestler is a comedian. And what, what I take from that is that, like, I don't know, as long as you have showmanship, there's something that we can do in the ring. Yeah. Like, even if you're not a good... And there's a difference, because there's also really good technical wrestling, which I learned a lot from watching Jakara, and those yeah, guys yeah. are amazing. But as long as you can, like, entertain, I think you're, you're almost just as good. Not to knock wrestling. It's just it's a different thing. Like, I'm not it, knocking wrestling. I'm saying that we are also skilled like, in a different way. Well, because wrestlers are
2: trained to have good wrestling matches. Yes. Comedians are trained to have a connection with the audience. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will say, like... Because this happened when we did the Cosplay Pro Wrestling panel. Uh, I said, we'll just skip the entrances. And Mike said, ah, sometimes entrances are the best part. And ever since then, I've been really, like, looking at it. There has been many matches that I... That are textbooks good matches. But I don't care. Because they just walked to the ring. And didn't get me excited beforehand. Oh, yeah. That's I. That's huge for me. Yeah. Because there's a wrestler that gets crapped on a lot right now in NXT. His name is No Way Jose. And he comes out and he dances Uh first. And I love him. (laughs) I don't know any of his moves, like, if I really think about it. But when his music starts, I'm like, oh, it's No Way Jose time.
1: Yeah. Well, that uh, Godfather ran that for a very long time. Yes, he did. Who, Who cared anything about that man? Or any of his wrestling style I don't even know what he did I think he, he looked like a dad <laughs> Imagine <laughs> <laughs> But he, he came out with a very catchy song With four attractive women You're like a godfather At year. least four Yeah or more And then it was time for everybody To come aboard the Ho train Yeah And that sold And I was excited Like and not just as a child For attractive women But later as an adult Just for the this whole performance well, I, There was a big time in wrestling back when, like, you were watching it
2: where every single wrestler had to say something before their match. Yep. Like, Val Venus would come out, say hello, ladies, and then make some sort of sexual reference Mm -hmm. every time. Uh, The Road Dog would come in and do that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, every time. And, like, Too Cool and Rikishi would dance poorly and the place would explode. Oh, he's got the glasses on. He's gonna take two steps backwards, mm-hmm. two steps forward, <laughs> to the left and two to the right. We're gonna, and then we're
1: gonna lose our mind. Yeah, I, I, I think that helps facilitate my like leaving wrestling. Was that not or like stop watching wrestling? Was that I don't know. That was so important to me. I loved the like everybody's character and everybody's like they all had like more gimmicky stuff than cause a lot of people
2: that were fans like in your time would say that Stone Cold was the best wrestler he was
1: my uh, he was up there yeah Stone Cold or The Rock we liked the two. Uh oh, see I hated The Rock oh you know, really but that's I was a Stone Cold fan and a Mankind fan and okay you, okay, you right. fought with both of them yeah. I was Mankind Kane because I was Kane. a weird goth kid yeah and then uh, uh, Stone Cold but he had the fire with the yeah, and Yeah, well and he was stuff. and he was still a little bit selling the supernaturalism. Like that was yeah, on, it was on its way shoot out. He stuff, Yeah, sometimes.
2: Um, but Stone Cold it was like well what's Stone Cold's character? Well he's anti-authority and he gives his boss the finger and all that other a stuff redneck and he drinks birds. Yeah, but then if you like really boiled it down Stone Cold was a guy that drove stuff to the ring. <laughs> I was like, what's he gonna drive to the ring this time? A Zamboni? That's badass. No one's ever said a Zamboni was badass. But it said Miller Lite on the side. So we're like, yeah! <laughs> He's
1: sponsored.
2: Like, I think he drove a garbage truck once. I remember like, the garbage there's truck. There's nothing cool about a garbage truck. The beer truck was amazing. <laughs> Uh, he had a forklift once, and he, like, he had a cement truck once.
1: hmm He had the, the backhoe, and he buried the undertaker. Yes. Well, that was, that was there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <He> had <laughs> to dig that hole where there wasn't <laughs> a ground to begin with. I was listening to a podcast
2: with Taz recently, uh... And they were like, we're taking questions from the group, from people. If you want to call in, it was like a live podcast. And this guy called in, he was like, when they did the Buried Alive matches, uh, how did they do that so that they didn't die? And Taz was like, I'm not going to tell you that. That's the secrets of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. I'm glad that they still do that. <laughs> I'm glad no one died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they took a deep breath and hoped that we came with the shovels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got like an hour of air down there. Well you were in a casket.
1: They just threw dirt on you. Oh uh, yeah, that's tougher then.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point
1: in my wrestling training where they were buried. <laughs> you know, alive. I, buried alive. <laughs> <laughs> I I find that uh people who learn more about wrestling than the cursory uh it's fake. Yeah. You but that's where you go. You start I don't know, I never fully bought into it, but I guess there's a level of more fake than you I don't I don't know how to describe this. But anyway, you get to that it's fake. And that's yeah. where most people stop. And then uh, then you learn the kinda like the ways that they'll make I don't know, the that they the ways that they fake fights so they don't kill each other. Yeah, that's interesting. And then you get to that point where you're like, well, how do they do, like, you know, the hardcore matches and the weapons? Like, oh, they hurt each other quite yeah, a bit. it just hurts. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no. Well,
2: uh, the the evolution of knowledge of wrestling legitimate went from, it is real. This Everything you see is real. Yes. Then it went to, it is fake. Anyone can do this. And,
1: and there, that's where most people stop.
2: There, well... There was a time where that was, like, what was believed. That any person could walk in there and do wrestling. And they kind of had to come out and be like, please stop saying that. Because children kept dying. Because their dad was like, ah, it's fake, I could do that. And then the kids were like, oh, okay. Power bomb my eight-year-old brother. Oh my God, he's dead. So there was, like, this movement to be like... you we really need to like start calling these guys trained athletes and get that message across mm-hmm. and in doing that they had to stop pretending it's real because they need to be like "Now these are athletes they're trained they know how to do this stuff because like if you listen to commentary back in the 90s uh, like something horrible will happen and the commentator will sell it with I never want to hear someone say they know how to fall and it was them still trying to, like, protect it. hmm Uh, but now it's like, yeah, alright. Like, they know what they're doing. It's it's performance art. No, let's shut up about it. Like, you're not strong enough to do it. And then it became the era of, you have to be trained to do it, and you're not tough enough. So, then we entered this era of wrestling where it was, uh, oh, you want to be a wrestler? we're going to beat the crap out of you for an hour and a half. <laughs> if you come back tomorrow, maybe we'll teach you how to do a hip toss. <laughs> and now that uh, style of wrestling is going, and now it's becoming this, like, wrestling's for everybody. There's enough wrestling that you're not, like, trying to protect your spot by keeping others out. And uh, there's actually going to be a documentary on Chakaratopia Kitar- called uh, Demystifies. And it's them kind of breaking that down. Uh, It's really cool. I got a lot of friends in it, so I wanted to plug
1: that. I I think, I don't know, it's being on the kind of like a little bit like the peripheries of the inside and looking out. I've become more defensive, a lot more defensive of wrestling. Yeah. To work, not just the like. No, no, you know, what, nothing to do with the athleticism of it, even even though it's certainly there. But the, like the performance aspect, like these guys are performers, yeah. And that's something I don't think I realized, period, until the first time I ever got in the ring with whoever that guy was that played Wario. And I, I don't think he's been ah, back.
2: I forget his name.
1: I like him though. Yeah, he's, he's a cool guy, Wario. and he kind of held my hand a little bit. Because I went out to beat the crap out of him, and the audience went nuts. And he was like, and I just went to do the thing we had gone through. And he was like, stop. Like, they're still going crazy. Like, eat this up. And I was like, well, I haven't said anything. (laughs) Uh,
2: Because I got into wrestling a few years before you did. And my first reaction was, oh, this is just stand-up.
1: Like, I see a lot of similarities. It's a lot of
2: people just kind of like showing up and seeing if they can get on, and like <laughs> playing the political game of like, "Hey, I run a show, I'll yeah. throw you on my show, but I need to get on this show." Like, it's a lot of that, like politicking. And can't be mean to anyone,
1: even though there's a lot of yeah. jerks
2: We can't be mean to anyone's face, and then as soon as yeah, you every, walk away, yeah, everyone like, hates everyone else. Yeah, it's like there's that hacky guy who does you know Olive Orton
1: stuff. <laughs> like <laughs> it was legitimately just the same dynamics. Oh I bet that happens all the time. Yeah. Where they just steal famous oh man. And, uh my, I never th- even thought of it. <laughs> my buddy Jesse Logan
2: was like, yeah, I came up with this move that I really liked and then I saw it on Raw the next night and now I can't do it again. Uh it's like, oh. Uh because you know Corey, Corey Castle, we had him on the show. Mm-hmm. His finisher uh, was a move that started to then become the finisher of Gail Kim and TNA. <laughs> and it kind of, for a while, was labeled as like a chick move. And it was like, oh, now that's gone. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you can go out there and do a stunner and have people not then
1: compare you to Stone Cold. Right. <laughs> there's so so many ways to throw someone. Sh- should I take express? Eight? Yes. How long are we on this? Does it say? I don't know how to read your thing. It
2: says it basically says don't exit in eight miles. I don't know.
1: Then yeah. yeah. I don't know. Hmm.
2: I don't I don't know because I, I this is that weird part of the road where it splits up and there's just like. A premium road <laughs> that you can use.
1: Well, I think it's for people that have exits or people that. But like, no express actually costs money. No. Then no. Then no. Okay, because I know it's your easy pass. Yeah. So. So I guess no.
2: No. Now you you want to save the buck sixteen?
1: Yeah, I would. Thanks. All right, so. Suck on your teeth derisively at me. We are officially. <laughs> We are officially not taking Express. Why do you denounce it to everybody? Because
2: they're on the journey with us. <laughs> they're on the road with Plus Two Comedy. It's
1: gonna be a two-part.